Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. Welcome to Seasoned. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. Are you heading to a 4th of July cookout this weekend? If you're lucky, there'll be ribs, burgers, and lots of hot dogs. Later in the hour, Eric Hummel of Hummel Brothers sits down with me for a frank conversation about the family business. See what I did there, Marisol? Yes, I I saw what you did there. We will also explore the world of competitive eating with the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest champ, Mickey Sudo. But first, no one throws a party like our guest, Marty Duncan. She's a party planner from Alabama, the host of the All Recipes podcast, Homemade, and a Food Network star. Marty Duncan, thanks for joining us on Seasoned. Marisol, thank you, and Chef Plum for having me. I am thrilled to be here. This is so appropriate now because things are starting to open up. It's summer. Folks want to go out. They want to have their cookout. They want to have their barbecue. July 4th seems like a darn good time to start all this business. So as we head outside with friends, give it to us, Marty, with the party. Yeah. So uh, I think a lot of people are already doing this. And I just want to preface like my statement by saying, whatever I say, y'all be smart enough to use the common sense things. I used to be the food safe spokesperson for the USDA. And did you know that the summertime is the absolute worst time for food poisoning outside of Thanksgiving Day because people don't stick to the protocol. So let's be really smart about everything. The COVID protocols, the food safe protocols. Y'all know what to do, but yeah, let's get together. We forgot how, like now it seems like I'll call friends. I'm like, let's do. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I think I'm just going to stay home. I'm like, what? We got to get out of the house. So even if you just have something at home, something simple, you can do an Italian night party. You know, I'm a big Cubs fan. You can do, I can't go to Chicago party. So if you can't go to your favorite city, you can still have all the food from your favorite city in your backyard. Put the Cubs on the big screen and enjoy like a hot dogs or Chicago beef. Jeff Morrow from Food Network Star. I was on Food Network Star. Jeff was on. He even has his kit you can get. It comes with all the stuff you need for Chicago beef with his yard in there and everything. I swear it felt like I went to Chicago. It was so great. Except one thing, I will put my Pete Alonzo against your Anthony Rizzo any day, just so that we're clear. No. Okay? Yes, ma'am. Rizzo. Yes, Rizzo. ma'am. Rizzo. 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 We don't want to start. I know. I'm sorry. We have, we're having a Cups-Mets uh, situation yes, here. But we uh, thank are. you. Thank you for prefacing that. I had no idea you, beyond being a Food Network star, you had such an important job. The USDA? Well, it wasn't really that important. I was just the spokesperson to try to alert people to the dangers of like we do in the South. We will put food out and let it sit out forever. I mean, especially for a funeral or something. That's true. Yes. Like, you ever been to a funeral buffet in the South? No, but I want to now. There's nothing better than a warm (laughs) deviled egg. You ever had funeral salad? No. What is funeral? Oh, my God. It's the best thing. Okay. So. In, in Alabama, when you go to the grocery store and you see somebody in front of you with three boxes of lime jello on the belt, you know there's a funeral happening. That is what goes in funeral salads. So, yeah. So, what you say when you see that is, oh, oh so sorry, sorry for, for your loss. loss. 
Yeah. Oh my God, I, Marty! I, I, I think you might be the only human on the planet who celebrates a funeral like like you're excited about it. You're like, oh well, I'm sorry that we lost Grandma Irma, but let's have a party about it. It's gonna be great. The food's gonna be of incredible. Of course, you want to have a party <laughs> and celebrate their life. Yes. <laughs> okay, so can we talk about cookouts? Hot dogs yes. seems like a very easy lift. Easy. Any way to zhuzh them up? What are we What are we talking about here? With, with I don't think anybody wants to zhuzh a hot dog, and here's why: because you know what we crave are these familiar flavors. The things. My favorite hot dog to this day is one I used to get at the concession stand at the swimming pool I would go to in the summer. It had yellow mustard and kraut and relish, and that was it. I, my mom would give me a quarter, and I could get a hot dog and a small Coca Cola. We say here, Coca-Cola, you could get a small Coca-Cola and a hot dog for a quarter. That was way back in the day. But that was still the best hot dog ever had. I think people like what's familiar. I like to do a hot dog bar. You can give everybody like little miniature condiments, but let everybody kind of dress their own dogs. Hot dog bar is the greatest thing. It's great for a movie night party. You know, fun thing to do is to hang up a sheet in the backyard, get a little projector. They're not so expensive anymore and show a movie and have outdoor movie night. I have a friend who in their community, they have a little common green area and they rent one of those big blow up screens. Everybody comes in their golf cart and they pull up and they bring their own snacks and they have movie night and watch whatever the movie is. So I think that goes great with hot dogs. Which town green is that? I'm not busy (laughs) this weekend. I can. (laughs) You're going to have to get on a plane, I'm going to tell you. Well. So, Marty, let me ask when it comes to hot dogs, though. I mean, there's a million different ways to cook a hot dog. You can grill them. You can do them in a pan. You can obviously put them in hot water. What's your preference? Oh, grilled. Yeah, for sure. I like to get a little bit of char on there, roll them around a little bit, get them all slightly burned. I like them just slightly burned. And I like those really skinny hot dogs, too. Oh, the thin ones. I like, yeah, like, well, I like the bun size, Uh you know. uh And you want to have that snap on it. That's what's really important. Oh, yeah. Got to have, have a snap. snap. That's the best part about it. Oh, yeah. When you bite into the hot dog, you got to have that little. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. I don't know what that is, but you bite into it. And you get that kind of little pressure builds up inside or mm-hmm. whatever. And you get that little snap. Yeah, that's the best. Uh, minus all. We got any hot dogs left. I'm starving right I'm now. I'm ready delicious. for a hot dog right now. And, you know, I like with my hot dog, I like chips. That's yeah. what I'm Me used too. to. Me I too. want to have. Potato chips with a hot dog, not French fries, potato chips. Amen. What about now, ketchup on a hot dog? Is that sacrilegious here? No. <laughs> I know what you're going to say, Renaissance. Nah, I mean, I probably no ketchup for me, but I will say this. Here in Alabama, in Birmingham, Alabama, where I'm from, it is a hot dog town. Now, listen, this is the official, unofficial poll I'm taking throughout this program. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Of course, a hot dog's a sandwich. It's meat between bread. It's a sandwich. Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't I mean, agree it, more. I mean, if it has to be categorized. Right. Yeah. It goes in the sandwich category. It certainly doesn't go like in the muffin category or the what category Dessert would it go category, in? category, I don't know. Nothing. Maybe it's own yeah. category, I guess. People are jumping through their radios right now. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. That's a big thing. Like, people want to stab yes. you over that. Like, If only that were our biggest problem. Right. Is, is the hot dog a sandwich? Marty, so I have this, like, strange notion of what a good Southern cookout would be. I have never been to one. But before I die and I see someone online at the grocery store with their three packages of lime jello getting ready for my untimely passing, I want to go to one of these Southern cookouts. Well, you're welcome. Well, thank you. But until I get there, can you just run us through what the, like, 
you have a southern cookout isn't a southern cookout unless you have big trucks <laughs> loud music yeah and a bunch of guys that really think they know how to cook on a grill yeah <laughs> we gotta have bubba bubba's brother uh-huh. <laughs> and his you know mother-in-law who's staying with them gotta have all them there and yeah people do have a very either they have a very romanticized version of the south like we're all sitting under the veranda and getting fanned yes. and our yes. mint juleps is being delivered yes. to us on a tray it's either that version or it's the nascar mud truck version i'm somewhere in the middle of that southern women do love to entertain and they love to decorate and make these fun party things even if it's just a couple people they kind of go all out and so we might even if girls are just coming up for a couple of cocktails we're definitely going to put out some flowers and make it look nice but i think people here, you know, just they love to get together over just food and fellowship. It's really the signature of the South. Hospitality is the signature of the South. Well, unless you grew up in my family down south of Virginia, where my mom loved to have people over, but then she would complain about it the entire day they're coming over. <laughs> Virginia is not the South. Okay. They, listen, hey, everybody, they sound more like you than they do me. So I don't know. I know. They, I mean, they are, but they're not. <laughs> Well, let's stay on the Southern barbecue thing a little bit here. What are, okay. we, what are we making at the barbecue? Are we having deviled eggs? We're having potato salad? Okay, so barbecue is one thing, and a cookout is something else, right? So at a barbecue, we're, bar- we're making barbecue. I mean, you know, we're making grilled meats and smoking things, and probably we killed some of them. I'm just guessing. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a deer out of the freezer and throwing that out, and... I think at most of our barbecues, though, people here really are good at grilling and barbecue has been passed down from generation to generation. And on big occasions like Labor Day and Fourth of July, all the neighborhood men would come over. They'd get the butts, they'd rub them down, they'd put them on and they'd stay out in the backyard drinking beer and smoking butts all night long. And then we'd have a big party the next day. My mom make homemade ice cream and one of the neighbors make her famous potato salad. Now, that is one thing about the South somebody's famous for something in your group, whatever it is. It may be a coconut cake. It might be potato salad. It might be slaw. It might be the ribs, whatever it is. But nobody else brings that. That person brings it. So if it's Aunt May who makes the coconut cake, nobody else better try to bring a coconut cake. because It's going to go down. You will face that. It will. Aunt May will be mad and nobody else will really want to eat it for fear they'll never get another Aunt May coconut cake. What do you bring to the barbecue? What's your expertise? I'm usually the desserts. I'm ice cream because my mother made ice cream. So I usually make ice cream. I love to make fruit pies in the summer. I grow my own blueberries here. That My dad started it and I, I'm continuing that tradition. And then we live, I live near the peach capital of the world. Michelle Regus is my good friend. She used to say, Alabama doesn't have peaches. I'm like, Alabama's the greatest peaches. No, Atlanta, Georgia's got the peaches. I'm like, that's just propaganda. <laughs> we have the real peaches. I make homemade peach ice cream, peach turnovers, make like little fried peach pies. I love those. Or maybe like a big peach cobbler or something. Then my mother used to make these fantastic double crust cobblers. So I just try to keep those family traditions going. I love all that too. And here's the thing. It's a little bit of a, a balloon buster for you, Marty. You know, I think peaches were originally indigenous to Delaware, which is kind of Well, crazy. they didn't yeah. hold on to that title. What can I say? <laughs> That's true. I hear you, though, with the propaganda. You know, people think a New York slice of pizza is the best. As a native New Yorker, I have converted 
It's New Haven up eats or nothing. Okay, I'm waiting for my invitation for the Connecticut pizza bueno, tour. Muchacha, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my peach cobbler double crusted situation. I, you you coming to it. my home state in November? We'll All get right. down with some. I'm gonna I'm hold you to it. So, Marty, what's the plan for July Fourth for you? You got any great ideas we could steal? Like, if you like barbecue, but you don't want to go to all the fuss of a barbecue, you just get a, a Boston butt or shoulder, rub it down really good. I like to use, you know, like spices in there, like maybe ancho, some chili powder and things like that. Put all that together, put it in the oven, and let it cook, and then maybe just finish it on the grill. So I'm not having to man the grill for hours and hours and just do the last little kind of turn a little thing on the grill for a little bit and let it get a little crusty on the outside and then just shred that up make some tacos and do a taco bar i know it's not very american but it's delicious but i mean let's go for the all of this year let's go for the all-american cookout burgers dogs slaw potato salad and whatever kind of homemade ice cream you want to make corn yeah. on the cob oh corn on the cob for yeah. sure now i got the greatest trick for corn on the cob the best thing you can do is make it the corn in advance i used to I'd have a party at, at our barn. I would go and pick tons of corn, soak it in cold water and let it just sit there and soak for mm, an hour or so. Rinse it out good. Snip off all the husks, at, the silks at the top. Then I would just grill them up like way before the party. And then I would put it in a big styrofoam cooler. You know, those kind of cheap kind you can get temporary mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. styrofoam cooler and they're fairly large i would just stack all my corn up in that and then seal it like put some newspaper or something over the top of it to hold that heat in put the top on it and then just let it continue to steam in that cooler and that way i don't have to worry about grilling my corn when i'm trying to grill chicken or whatever else i'm trying to grill and then i just will have butters compound butters i like the little cumin a little like street corn action uh, a little crema mm -hmm. maybe some cheese doctor those babies up i like to serve them in those little paper boats you know those little brown mm -hmm. boats you can mm -hmm. get those on amazon really cheap and they're a little bit sturdier than trying to keep it on a paper plate where they roll off yeah. i'll tell you another thing i like to do for the fourth of july for cocktails i like to make a big batch let's say i'm making a martini marty style martini okay so uh, it's got limoncello in it maybe a little bit of bourbon some lemonade I will put that in the freezer in a big container. I'll freeze it. And if I'm going to the lake or I'm going to the beach, that'll be my ice. I just put that in and it keeps that, you know, everything else kind of cold. And then I take it out like an hour before I'm going to serve. But I take those big containers, those frozen blocks of booze out of the cooler. And they don't freeze completely anyway because they have booze. Yeah. They become really slushy. And then it eliminates the need to use ice. So you serve them really slushy with a straw. And I love that. I love that, too. So mm -hmm. let's say we're invited somewhere, cookout, potluck, or otherwise. Do you have any tips for us on food to bring to the party? What kind or way to pack it up? Like in my cooler, I I'll tell you, keep them in your freezer. There's those blocks, those little frozen blocks. Sometimes if you order wine or something, they come packed with those little blocks. Save them, keep them. And I like to layer stuff with those so I don't have to have big bags of watery wet ice messing up my food. So I use those blocks in there. And then I also freeze my booze, as I mentioned. I'll freeze whatever. Or sometimes I'll have, I use like a ice cream freezer that's got the insert. Those things are great. But in terms of what would I take to something like that i probably gonna take like my mom's potato salad it's the yellow mustard kind of 
potato salad with lots of onions, lots of relish, and it's dill relish, not sweet relish. But then I have to put a little bit of my secret recipe pickle juice in there. I get that from Wickles Pickles. Have you ever heard of Wickles Pickles? I wouldn't know, but I love the name. Oh my gosh, they're wicked pickles. They're so great. They're spicy and they got a little kick. So even after I eat all the pickles, I save the juice and then pour that in my barbecue sauce or sometimes, but it's great in potato salad. Deviled eggs for me are a must. I don't care if it's hot dogs or hamburgers or barbecue or whatever it is. Somebody better be yeah. bringing some deviled eggs yeah. now. And that's my favorite. I, I got a new way of, of boiling eggs that tend to be a little bit more reliable, too. So how do you do your what, eggs? What is it? Well, I was going to say, what eggs. is it? Yeah, tell us. Um, like five, five, five. Put them in the water cold out of the refrigerator in cold water that takes five minutes to come to a boil basically mm -hmm. and then you let them boil for five minutes then you turn it off let them sit in the water for five minutes then you rinse them in cold water pop the bottom you know if you pop the bottom then a little bit of water kind of gets up there and the, you can get the membrane the key is to get the membrane broken so you can peel them easily when i did food network star i did 300 deviled eggs for my first competition and i don't know what i was thinking <laughs> because you <laughs> They made me leave them before I could peel them. They, we ran out of time. And so I had to put 150 eggs in the refrigerator. And believe me, trying to peel them the next day with no water was a disaster. Oh, God. I know. What a, a bad, bad decision. But anyway, deviled yeah. Deviled eggs are fun. Ooh, you can I do all it. kinds of things with a deviled egg. It doesn't have to be the general basic deviled egg. You can do all kinds of fun stuff. Well, I always do deviled egg bars, too. Like lots of toppings, lots of condiments. For Food Network Star, that's what I did. I did three different that's deviled great. eggs. I did a barbecue deviled egg with a little bit of pulled pork and a pickle mm -hmm. slice. I love it. I think I did a... Jewish deli deviled egg with a bit of salmon and cream fresh and capers and dill. You know, my favorite boiled egg thing, we're just, we're just riffing now a lot. I take a, a, an egg and I'll boil it for about five minutes and mm -hmm. then take it out, peel it gently so it's still kind of soft Runny, on the inside. Yeah. And then I'll take a, you know, you get those, those little tubes of biscuits, you know, pre-made bit. I yeah, know yeah, you yeah, would yeah. never touch that. <laughs> no, no. I, you get I, a biscuit <laughs> and, and you roll it out and then you pick a piece of ham and wrap it up in there and mix some cheese in with that biscuit dough and wrap the entire egg. So scotch like egg. Scot yeah, scotch like egg. Scotch yeah. egg with that biscuit and then cook it and you have this beautiful like hard boiled egg wrapped in cheese and, Except and ham on the inside. it should be a homemade biscuit. biscuit. All right. <laughs> uh, real quick, we have to round this out with something we could do around the fire pit like maybe s'mores i like to do two different kinds i like to do a s'mores bar which is really fun but i like to add all kinds of different stuff not just the regular hershey bar marshmallow thing i like nutella and this that way you don't have to wait for that chocolate bar to get melty sometimes you don't get your marshmallow done enough and then the chocolate bar doesn't melt and then you're trying to bite into it and the chocolate's not soft enough mm -hmm. so the cookie breaks it's not great. So I like to use Nutella and then get that marshmallow good and toasty, put it in there. And then I put a few raspberries or maybe some sliced strawberries in there, push that all together. It's so good. But I also like to use different kinds of crackers. I like to use those Biscoff crackers like Delta. Yes. You know, those, oh, whatever those things are, are so good. Those buttery <laughs> things, you know, those peanut butter sandwich cookies, they're like a plank. Yes. And you break them into little. Yes. Get four of those for the top and four for the bottom. Roast your marshmallows, put them in the middle, squish that together, and then dunk that in melted chocolate. Ah, it's so good. Holy. 
That's the best part of summer, I think. S'mores outside by the fire pit, by the lake, wherever you are. I think that's just great family memories right there. And that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, I always tell people, they're like, Marty, what advice can you give me for throwing a party? I'm like, it's about the memories. Don't fuss over the food. Throw some hot dogs on the grill, like we said, and just have an easy, fun time. Everybody will remember it forever. Forever. Marty Duncan, you are a treasure. I love talking to you. I had so much fun. Thank y'all for having me. And now I'm going to go find a hot dog and uh, some more. I will see (laughs) y'all later. Thank you for having me. That was Marty Duncan. Find her on Instagram at Marty Duncan. And that's Marty, M-A-R-T-I-E. Later in the hour, something really different for us. We talk to competitive eater Mickey Sudo of Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. Coming up after the break, Eric Hummel shares a bit about the family hot dog business. We still make it the way they made it. We still use the recipes that they brought over from Germany. You don't mess with quality. This is Seasoned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Seasoned. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. When you think of local food, hot dogs may not immediately spring to mind. But the Hummel family has been making hot dogs in Connecticut for almost 90 years. Chef Plum took a tour of Hummel Brothers Hot Dog Factory in New Haven and sat down with co-owner Eric Hummel to talk about the legacy his father and great uncle left and the proper way to top a hot dog. Let's just say ketchup is not invited to this 4th of July party. First, my conversation with Eric about the family business. And then I'll take you on a short walk around the facility where literally the sausage is made. My grandfather always always said, if you treat the employees like family, they'll, they'll be with you forever. And that's, yeah. that, I never look at anybody, you know, you're just here to work. You're here to be part of what we do. Right. And you're here to be part of our family. We have somebody here that's been here 61 years. Wow. Um, the girl that answers the phone She's been here since 1971. Oh, my gosh. You know, I've seen guys come in here as single young men, get married, have kids. I've seen those kids be first in the family, graduate college. How about that? And now I'm seeing those same guys becoming grandparents, grandfathers, wow. and some of the women grandmothers. And That's great. You know, so... You know, if you take care of your employees and you treat them right and you treat them like family, they'll be with you forever. And with what we do... We need that consistency. So, Eric, one of the things I was looking at when I was researching you guys a little bit is just how much of a family business this is. And it started, I mean, I I love the history of food in our state. And that's one of the coolest things I've learned on the show is how much history there is. There's a lot of history here, especially with being a family business. Yeah. Yeah. The business was started by my my great uncle and my grandfather in 1933. Uh, They bought out a, a bankrupt Phil's Sausage Kitchen. Yeah. My great uncle was there at the time. My grandfather was actually a bread salesman at the time. Uh, but they were Wurstmachers from Germany. That's yeah. that's what their trade was when they came over. A hot, a hot dog maker. That's great. It translates to. So they, they borrowed $1,000 from Charlie Braun from Braun's Tavern. And they paid it back in the first year that they opened. And now we're closing in on 90 years. We're third generation is running uh, business now. So great. You know, but the thing about a family business is my grandfather always had a saying, in a family business, the first generation builds it, 
second generation enjoys it, and the third generation runs it into the ground. <laughs> you know, and I used to ask if that was a motivational speech because it really isn't motivating. Me. It does make you feel good about it, right? <laughs> but you know, if you're in the food business, you you've seen it. You know, they don't usually go generations because right. you know what do you have? You have you have a lot of egos. You have who wants to be in charge? You know, who thinks they're doing more work than somebody else? Who everybody and, can do it better than the other one. But if you don't put that aside and realize we have to focus on what we do best. You know, my cousin Billy is, is our CEO. He's great at what he does, and he really runs this company. Yeah. You have to find your niche and stick to it. How many family members are working day-to-day operations here? There's uh, me and my three cousins. Okay. Uh, their grandfather was my great uncle, and my grandfather, Robert, I'm the only one from from his lineage yeah so there are four of us and we're, we're all here every day we all walk the floor every day you know and and to be connected i'm sure you come across a lot of places where you know the owners of the company are so disconnected sure. from their every day mm-hmm. you can't in this business you've got to be here you've got to know what's going on maintain that quality yeah and that's what and i know i keep reverting back to my grandfather but my grandfather always had a saying that you know if you make a cheap product there's always somebody that's going to be able to make it cheaper but if you make the best quality product you can make very few people will be able to make it better yeah. and that's our philosophy that's and that's one thing that that each generation will not mess with will not change you know we still make it the way they made it we still use the recipes that they brought over from germany you don't mess with quality, right? And, and this is how we've gotten to ninety years. So we'll continue the same direction as they. We all have the same vision. I was trying to ask them downstairs some of the seasonings and the ingredients in there, but they, no yeah, one tell me anything. They, they wouldn't tell me nothing. No, they, they wouldn't try. Hey, so you, but they'd have to kill you. That's what I figured. <laughs> that's, that's the face I got. I'll do, I can't yeah, say nothing. Yeah, that's um, uh, you know, it, it's funny. We have a saying in a family business. Sometimes some things are the family's business. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, you know, I mean. It's our flavor. Sure. And you know, no, you don't want to give out what your recipe is. Yeah, I hear so. you. I hear you. July 4th, obviously, is coming up. For me, it's one of the biggest barbecue holidays in the, you know, in the country. We're talking hot dogs and hamburgers. And, I mean, this has your name all over it. I mean, you, you can see the production being ramped up down there for hot yeah. dogs. Talk about how much it changes from a December to July 4th. Things are quieter in December, although we do, you know, growing up, we lived and died by the four months of summer. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you know, really hot season. dogs are are really the only things you made. You know, back in the day, we made a lot of big line of lunch meat, loaves, mm-hmm. and things that you know kids today just don't eat. Right. So they've all been discontinued. But now we're a viable twelve month operation. Uh, you know, hams around the holiday time, which uh, I don't know if you've had ours, but they're really good. Yeah, they melt on your tongue when you get St. Patrick's Day. The amount of corned corn beef, beef they put out. We ramp up after Easter. It's like somebody flips that switch, and then we start ramping up on hot dogs. We ramp up for Memorial Day, and then Father's Day is always a big weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, Mother's Day, you go out to a restaurant, Father's Day, what? Dad's <laughs> yeah. cooking on the grill. Hot dogs on the grill. <laughs> That's right. And then Fourth of July, and, and I think this year more than in the past, Fourth of July is going to mean so much more because you finally get to be with each I other agree with again. You. Yeah. You know, these picnics of, of sitting six feet away from somebody and trying to have a conversation... So this year, you know, what we're finding is is people are really enthusiastic mm-hmm. about putting on a big barbecue and having people over and, and just being together, being whether it's friends or family. 
you know, just being together with right. people. One of the things I, I do on to give back to the community is I'm a, an auctioneer. Yeah, I got you can talk really fast and do the whole. I got like, thrown into it about twenty-three years ago. My mother was chairing an event for the New Haven Symphony. Her auctioneer backed out, and she gave me the "you do it," and and people liked it. But I did one recently, which was my first one live. I mean, okay. I've done a bunch of Zoom ones, but people were so happy to be out wow, and be with that? each other, and they couldn't throw enough money at that cause. Which, wow. which I'm hoping is the the attitude that people are having going forward that they're happy that they can be out, they can be with each other, they can do the things. You know, a lot of the nonprofits that I that I help out have had such a, a rough year. You know, and and they're important to us because being in business for 90 years, you you don't stay in business this long without the community. Yeah. And if you don't give back to the community, that's so important to us and what we do here is being active in the community and helping out, you know, so many. The, the Children's Hospital is one of my favorites. Uh, Ronald McDonald House, New Reach is, is huge. You become but, a staple in the community and it becomes part you, of it, right? You, you have become to it. because it, without the community... Nobody's buying the hot dogs. Those right. are the people that are keeping us in business, and I feel that we have a responsibility to them. Yeah, so. absolutely. So as a official hot dog expert, right, talk about preparing that hot dog. What's the best way, in your expert opinion, with the 90-year history we have here, to prepare that hot dog, to put it on the bread, to eat it? It differs for everybody. You know, I'm going to give you mine, and mine is, is grilled outside on the grill. Uh -huh. I'm somebody that puts puts a couple little cuts in the casing. Uh, some people just wait until they burst open. But to me, when you put a little cut and the juices start to make the casing, you know, nice and crispy when you bite into okay. it, uh, off the grill is is my favorite flavor. But you know, there's so many ways to cook it. I mean, we have we have customers that deep fry hot dogs, sure, uh, and that's a great flavor. I used to have a chef in Arizona that would take our Red Hots, roll them in a tortilla shell, and then deep fry it. Oh, that sounds great. And what a, what a taste that was. That sounds great. You know, boiled hot dogs are still kid, growing up. Kids, yeah, that's how we do it. Uh, those air fryers, I don't mm -hmm. know if you tried a hot dog oh, in an yeah, air fryer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It really tastes It works good. out fantastic, doesn't it? It <laughs> yeah, works out it really great. it does. You know, the Red Hots are a great item. Uh, it's got crushed red pepper, and as you cook it, it heats up. And that sounds great. Uh, our kibasi, our kibasi is still the recipe of our grandfather. Love those. When I cook kibasi on the grill, I like to brush barbecue sauce as I cook it. Sometimes I'll butterfly oh, okay. it, and then put the open face, and then really kind yeah. of paint on the barbecue sauce that way onto the kielbasa huh? and, and you cook it until the brown sugar kind of caramelizes. Uh -huh, uh -huh. It what a flavor that oh, is! Oh my god. Okay, so let's talk non-meat for one second. Okay. What's your favorite July 4th side dish? I'm a potato salad guy. Okay. Although my father makes a, makes a sauerkraut, which really isn't a side dish, but it really becomes part of the meal. He takes the sauerkraut, he adds roast beef gravy, Ooh. bacon, onion, and simmers it down for hours. That sounds delicious. What, it's, it's a Hungarian recipe yeah. that, that was my grandmother's, and... What a flavor that is. That sounds So when he delicious. makes that, he'll bring it over sometimes for the holiday, and it's amazing. I, I still can't duplicate it. I've tried. Oh, the recipe is actually on our website. Oh, is and, it? I'm yeah. going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to bring you some to see how we did. I'm okay, see how we see did. if you match it. You're, the hot, you're in hot dog experts, so I'm trying to get all the pertinent information, because I know a lot of my chef buddies, we've had several ongoing, their heated conversations about some things, okay. about what actually should go on a hot dog and what shouldn't. Is there anything in your mind... 
that 100% shouldn't go on a hot dog. You definitely don't put ketchup on your hot dog. It's funny. We, you know, sometimes I'll do the hot dog cart for some radio stations. Yeah, sure. And and people who come up and ask for ketchup on a hot dog. (laughs) And I say, usually there's an 11-year-old cutoff on that. But I'm willing to make the exception for you today because... Ketchup on a hot dog for me is, is sacrilegious. No go. It huh? really is. Yeah. But chili, sauerkraut, cheese, oh, yeah. coleslaw. I mean, throw a big pickle on there. All of it. I, bacon, I want my hot dog. Yeah, Eric, I want my hot dogs to look like a plate of nachos when I get them. Like I want so much stuff on top of it. I love it. Well, it's funny though because the I usually just little dab of mustard. That's it, huh? That's it. That's it. Because you can go somewhere and you watch you watch people load up their hot dog with all this different yeah. stuff. And how do you taste the hot dog? I knew it's very. I knew you were going to say that. But a lot of people do that to cover the taste of a hot dog, right? And and to me, you know, our hot dog has so much flavor naturally that that I don't want to take away from that. Yeah. But you know, you you need to start with the best foundation and and the best quality hot dog. This July Fourth, when I'm making my hot dog, I'm going to hear your voice in my head. Chef, stop putting all that stuff on that hot dog. I'm going to hear it, and I'm going to say, "All right, Eric, I I, I hear you." The flavor difference. From what you normally do to, to just say a little dab of mustard, you're going to get more of the hot dog sure. taste and more of what you know what you wanted to know. Right, right. And and as a chef, you should be able to pick out some of the spices. I started picking them out downstairs, and they wouldn't answer me. I was like, I'm well, nobody's going to answer you here, but but you can you know you can taste the mustard <laughs> in it. Yeah, you know, and that's one of the things that I love when I'm do, doing the grill. Because after they start cooking for a while, you lift it up, you can smell that. Oh yeah, you can smell the you know. The, you take that one extra seed. on That's the grill. The one thing I'll give you a little mustard, a little mustard seed, a little garlic, yeah. a little garlic powder, a little onion powder. Well, no, no powder, real garlic. Oh, excuse me. Okay, okay. Now we're talking. Well, we use all natural spices. You know, yeah. we don't. We don't. A lot of companies use oils of, uh-huh. and we don't. You know, my grandfather. One thing he always said was, "There's no secret to making a good hot dog. It's just good meat and good spices." Good spices, right? You know, and, and we use, like I said, we use all natural spices because that's you're going to get your best flavor from that. Salt. I'm guessing your ingredients. I'm going to get them all. How many of them are there? Can you tell me how many? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that blank stare? That was it. That was it. <laughs> uh, last one for me, Eric. This is an ongoing fight, ongoing war, and I figure here on season we're going to get this question answered for everybody officially because we have microphones. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I know. I know. Hey, hey I, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just asking the question. I'm reporting. You know, there's not a lot of times I open my mouth and nothing <laughs> comes out, but I, I don't think I've ever been asked that question it, well, you're the expert. in my life. It's true. It's, 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 a, it's going around now on the internet. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I would say no. Yeah. I, I don't look at it as a sandwich. If I want a sandwich, it's going to be a ham and cheese. Right. <laughs> you know, if I want a hot dog, it's going to be a hot dog on a roll. That's perfect. I could have a ham sandwich and then go out and have a hot dog. Growing up, do you ever eat a hot dog on white bread? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I got one for you as a chef. How about fried bologna sandwiches? One of the greatest things that's ever been invented. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, I'm, I'm I glad you it. like it. Absolutely. Uh, well, Eric, we appreciate your time. We appreciate the yeah. 90-year history you guys have here. It makes us proud to be in Connecticut with you. So thank you for all you guys do. We appreciate it. These hot dogs are delicious. Thank you for the kind words. I'm going to find out what's in these hot dogs. I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> Thanks, Eric. I'm not going to tell you you're right or wrong. <laughs> I could talk about hot dogs for days, but I really wanted to see how these beauties are made. It's going to get a little noisy because it's a hot dog factory. Plant manager James Vi guides the tour. 
We start in the chilly room where the meat is stored and then move to where thousands of pounds of pork and beef is flaked and ripped and ground by machines to make the emulsion that will ultimately become hot dogs. They're shaped and strung from massive racks on meat trolleys suspended from the ceiling. They glide into giant hickory smokers in the smokehouse area where the hot dogs smoke for just a few minutes before being rinsed and cooled. About 45 workers in white or blue lab coats with hairnets are laser focused on the tasks in the processing, smoking, and packing rooms. David Hamilton from Quality Control joins us when it's time to taste a just smoked skinless hot dog. And spoiler alert, it's delicious. But first, James. Okay, so this is the fresh meat cooler. This is where we receive all of our meat and we store it until it's time for production. So everything we bring in is in combos, it's neat, it's tidy. This is pork trim. Right, so that's nice. all this trim. So what cuts of pork would you get this trim from? This is just basically ham trim, it's loin trim, it's from any cuts of any cuts of the pig. Nice. That's, yeah. So it's a 72% lean. Okay. Which means, you know, the rest of it is fat. So these, each one of these containers is 2,000 pounds of trim, right? Pork trim. Uh, pork trim, yes. Yeah, that's a lot of pork trim there. Uh, yeah. And this pork trim gets used for? Majority of the product, including nice. hot dogs. Awesome, awesome. Yep. Great. And our beef product is all in neat and tidy boxes. So we use a 90%, a 50%, and sometimes a 60%, and we blend it all to make our blends for the hot dogs. And again, that percentage is fat to lean, right? Yes. Yep. The pork and the beef is we blend it together, what we call our all blends, and that's what we make the hot dogs out of. That's here. No I mean, seasoning, it's just meat. It looks like ground beef, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably have some inside. And then, depending on what kind of hot dogs we're making, on this line we're making a skinless hot dog. And over here we're making a, a nine-inch natural casing hot dog. Okay. So it's cooked in the plastic, in the cellulose casing, and then it's it's cut off on a peeler on the other side. We'll see that as we go over there. Do you ever get tired of hot dogs? You know, I don't eat that many, but no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. How many of these will come through on a on, in, like a day? So on a good day, each trolley weighs about we'll call it 400 pounds. Okay. And on a good day on this machine, we can do just under 70. Yeah, so about, what's that, 28,000 pounds? Yeah, that's a lot of hot dogs. Yeah. This machine cow. runs the fastest. Wow. Yeah, this is, this is more efficient than the natural casing line. So we have one skinless line to our two natural lines. Gotcha. So this is the natural line. Okay, great. Okay, this is not skinless. This is the natural casing. This is the edible casing. This is the one you're going to get the snap from. Okay, this is going to be some finished product coming right out of the smokehouse. We don't cook with smoke, we yeah, flavor yeah. with smoke. 100%. So right, we right. do, you know, we do a little cook cycle, then the smoke, then we cook more. What temperature does that smoke at when you're when you're smoking? The temperature the smoke at is, is about 120 degrees. Yeah, that's what I say, probably 120. So well, we only cook in there at 180. Yeah. We don't have to yell. I don't have to yell. <laughs> Come on in. So again, these are the skinless hot dogs. Just came out of the smokehouse, and we're just gonna taste one. Okay, so let's just do it. The casing on the outside is that, that, that casing we talked about where it's, uh, it's not collagen, it is... This is cellulose. It's a cellulose casing on the outside. It's got a blue stripe on it. 
and he's peeling the casing off of there. It's peeling right off. It actually looks great. Looks fantastic. Just break it off? Yeah, go for it. This is fully cooked, ready to eat. All right, so I brought a piece off here. Let me, that's what I've been waiting for all day. That's really tasty. Mm-hmm. No, huh? That's awesome. Yeah. I got four of them. That's amazing. You won't get a fresher hot dog, obviously. That's delicious. What kind of seasonings go in this that we yeah, could talk I about? I can't tell you that. <laughs> Give me just an idea. No. And the salt, a little curing salt. No. He's like, I wish you guys could see his face right now. Everybody's shaking his head like, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> and that smoke comes through really nice on that, too. It's not overpowering. It's just kind of hint in the background, that smoke. But I have a feeling with some of the salt that's in there, that smoke and salt are best friends. Mm -hmm. So it really starts to add a lot to that flavor to it, oh, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Garlic powder in there, too. <laughs> I'm believe, trying. I believe on the label it says spices. Ah, spices. <laughs> Flavorings. Spices. Yes, I have a two. I'd love to try to guess them. I could figure it out. I know you, I can figure out most of them. You can guess all you want. You're not going to confirm or deny it, right? I can't say anything. That was Hummel Brothers staff James Vi and David Hamilton keeping the secret family recipe safe. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. You can see photos of me and my Hummel Brothers lab coat and hairnet looking all Adonis-like touring the facility and all of its hot dog glory up on ctpublic.org slash season. It's well worth the look. Big shout out to Ryan, Karen, King for getting all up on those smokers with me. We're going to take a short break. But when we return, the reigning, undisputed women's champ of the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. <laughs> You're listening to Seasoned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Seasoned. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. What's it like eating 48 and a half hot dogs in 10 minutes? You'll find out from our next guest, competitive eater Mickey Sudo. She's the seven-time Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest Women's Champ. This July 4th, she'll be rooting for fellow competitive eater and fiancé Nick Wary from the sidelines. They're expecting their first baby in July. Mickey Sudo, welcome to Seasoned. Thanks for having me. I have to say, I've been watching you and this whole subculture of competitive eating. How did you get started? Competitive eating combines eating, travel with competition, making a little bit of money and, uh, you know, meeting all sorts of cool different people. So I fell into it by accident uh, by doing a man versus food type challenge in Las Vegas. And uh, here we are like eight years later and uh, I'm the top female with major league eating on the pro circuit. It seems like your head when I'm watching you shoving hot dogs into your face, like you're not even really there. Like you're, you're not like your body's <laughs> moving and you're eating, but nobody's home. Do you go to a different yeah. place mentally? Yeah, no, that's, that's when I'm having a really good run or a really great day. When you start to overthink things, when you get distracted by people in the audience, um, it's usually when you're not performing at your best. When it's all just like second nature and mechanical fluid, Nick likes to call it, you know, like, like I'm just dancing that's when you're having a really good run. That's what I strive for is just kind of like block out everything in this weird Zen hot dog sort of state of mind. How does a competitive eater train? Are you like everyone's favorite guest at Thanksgiving? Are you like, how does this work? <laughs> no, no, for years, actually, I've made it a point to serve myself last. 
uh, just so that I wouldn't fall into that sort of stereotype that everybody has like to be pegged for. But honestly, even um, on a day-to-day basis, I think my, my diet's pretty boring. You know, right now in our fridge, it'll always be stocked with like boneless, skinless chicken breast, fresh produce, lots of fruit. I like yogurt and fruit for breakfast, chicken and kale for lunch, kind of like most of those days. So it's all just a balancing act. I mean, I definitely don't eat dozens of hot dogs every day. <laughs> 48 and a half hot dogs in 10 minutes. I don't think you need to eat any more hot dogs the rest of the year. That's insane. Like the obvious dumb question is, oh my God, where does it all go? But uh, <laughs> you have to, I mean, I feel like, do you have enough hands? Like how do you do it so fast? <laughs> You know, it's it's not ideal, but we have to dunk the the buns in a liquid of our choice to eat fast enough. You know, you dunk the buns in the liquid, you minimize chewing. So I eat two meats at once to kind of just like bite, sever and swallow these pieces whole. It's not the the prettiest, most delicious way to eat hot dogs, but I think I've kind of gotten my technique down over the years. Do you have a ritual that you do the night before a competition or the morning of? I just like to be in a good headspace. Yeah, some people like to go out and celebrate and be part of all the crazy festivities. I just kind of like to have a quiet night at home. And the morning of is, you know, just by default, super intense because of all the media. But yeah, for as much as as much as possible, I just like to be kind of calm and which does two things. It keeps me relaxed. And I think it also throws my competitors off. I think just when some of the guys see me calm and collected, whether it's a front that I'm putting on or I'm actually just chill, like it kind of just throws them off. Why, why is she so at ease? I, I just like to, you know, go to my happy place. Be cool. Be chill. What you just described could be used for someone who's studying for a test or who has like a big event the next day that doesn't involve competitive meeting. What are the skills that you use in your field that you feel are transferable? Oh, wow. That was, that's a deep question. I wish we got these more frequently. It's usually like, you know, what's the aftermath like? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think, just, uh, I don't know, like mental fortitude, um, you know, the ability to persevere even when things get difficult, resourcefulness, time management, all those different things. But I think what competitive eating has really brought into my life is like a deeper appreciation for media and events. Because at the end of the day, while I'm a competitive eater, I'm there to put on a show for you know the audience. And I'm also there to achieve the, the goals of you know the sponsors that have a stake in this. I look at all of this as like, not just for me to hit a new record. I mean, obviously that's important because that's what my paycheck's sometimes tied to. But you know, I'm there to put on a great event. I've got some of your contests and competitions that you've been in. I have some of that stuff in front of me. And I, I'm just, I'm blown away right now <laughs> at looking at how any human being could eat seven and a half pounds of shrimp cocktail. That's just <laughs> crazy talk. And didn't you do like nine or eight pounds of kimchi? Like, how do you eat that much? Yeah. How does anybody eat that much kimchi? I happen to love kimchi. I actually have a, a I'm going to say it's a eight pound jar in my fridge right now. I buy it in bulk, but yeah, I think I, <laughs> I buy it in bulk. Of course yeah, you do. <laughs> exactly. When I see those cute little like eight ounce containers, I'm just like, this is like a side that I would eat with my lunch. <laughs> But bold kimchi, I do hold the world record, which I think is like eight and a half pounds in eight minutes yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that was a really fun event and really challenging for some of the other competitors. And shrimp cocktail also because uh, St. Elmo's cocktail sauce is known for its uh, really strong horseradish flavor. July 4th, which is, you know, I'm guessing Nathan's hot dog season, probably in your world. I mean, do you even like barbecue food anymore mm-hmm. on July 4th? Do you even like have oh, hamburgers or hot dogs? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. When I think of barbecue now, I, I think more like like smoked pork and ribs and all that, which I love. I I love a good juicy hamburger. I love hot dogs. I wouldn't choose to dunk the buns in liquid. 
Um, I'd rather eat them leisurely with like raw white onion, sauerkraut, brown mustard. Just that. <laughs> I'm a purist. I like just a little smear of mustard. Okay. Like, that's that's good too. You know, where you where you kind of lose me is the Chicago style. I think it's called like drag through the garden or something like that. We got the pickle spear and the relish and the 18 different sauces. I'm like, that's a little bit too much going on. I'm yeah. also not a relish kind of gal. So do all your friends, if they invite you over for dinner, do they just like always make the joke, like put the giant plate where you're sitting, where your seat <laughs> is and like pilot full of food. Oh, Mickey's here. No, 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 I don't. I don't think I mean, I guess it depends who I'm going out to eat with. For the most part, I think everybody's used to it. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely take advantage of the situation if we all go out to like an all-you-can-eat sushi type of place or certain restaurants will have like bottomless chicken wings or something like that on certain nights. Um, but no, if we're ordering a la carte, I'll just be normal. You don't want to be the reason that like, you know, you and three of your friends somehow need a table for eight. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey walks to a restaurant in Marisol and it says uh, bottomless chicken wings or bottomless mimosas. And she goes, oh, we're going to see about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Mickey, you're awesome. I can't wait to see you come back after you uh, have the baby. Crush it again. Let's get 54 hot dogs in 10 minutes. All right. Come I on. I think up. it's in the tank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Mickey. You're awesome. Thank you. That was Nathan's famous hot dog eating champ, Mickey Sudo. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. Season is produced by Robin Doyanakin and Katie Tularski. Our interns are Maisie Carvalho and Kelly Langevin. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a happy 4th of July and see you next week.